Welcome to Apologetics and the Gospel. My name is Pastor Jonathan White, and I'm the lead pastor at Crosspoint Family Church in Winfield, West Virginia, as well as a practicing emergency medicine physician. Our question for today is, how should I deal with anxiety and depression? Now, today's question is a relevant one for us today. The prevalence of anxiety and depression in our culture has been skyrocketing. Sadly, many in the church have been silent on the issue. In fact, LifeWay research found that almost 50% of pastors rarely or never speak about mental illness to their congregation. Today, we want to address this topic as we always do. We want to look at the science and the Word of God. So first off, what is anxiety and depression? These two diagnoses are very closely linked. Most people do not have isolated depression or anxiety. One seems to commonly lead to the other. And as we will see in a moment, there are some overlaps in the symptom presentations. I've broken these down into two uh, main diagnoses, and they are generalized anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder. Now, these two overarching diagnoses have many of the symptoms that are common to most mental health conditions today. There are many subtypes of anxiety and depression, such as phobias, PTSD, OCD, agoraphobia, panic disorder, dysthymia, and many others. But we will keep this presentation more simple because of the heart of our question, which is how do we do, deal with these conditions? So the first is generalizing anxiety disorder. So what exactly is that? Um, it is excessive worry, anxious thoughts that are pervasive, muscle tension, concentration difficulty, irritability, energy loss, restlessness, and sleep problems. Uh, the next one is depression. Uh, again, sleep problems, little to no interest in doing pleasurable things, unreasonable amounts of guilt, decreased energy mentally and physically, concentration difficulties, appetite changes, psychomotor agitation or retardation, suicidal thoughts, plans, or behaviors. So now that we have a good understanding of, of what these two diagnoses are, what is anxiety, what is depression, let's look at the epidemiology of these conditions. Um, the prevalence of anxiety and depression in the U.S. According to the NIH, there are 19.1% of U.S. adults who have had an anxiety disorder over the past year. This is from 2021. Uh, the prevalence is almost twice that in females than males. And 31% of adults will experience an anxiety disorder at some point in their lives. Also per the NIH, an estimated 8.3% of adults has ha have had at least uh, one major depressive episode in the past year. And the prevalence, again, is al almost twice that in females as compared to males. Well, is mental health an issue in the church? Absolutely. Actually, according to LifeWay Research, mental health is not only an issue in the church, but actually 23% of pastors acknowledge that they have personally struggled with a mental illness. So how is the church doing in support of, of these persons that have mental illness? Well, 53% of churchgoers with mental illness say the church has been supportive. Well, we obviously have a long way to go on this particular issue with 47% not saying they have. Well, now that we've seen, uh, have an idea of how big that this problem is, what should we recommend as treatment for anxiety and depression? Well, there are medical treatments that we see for anxiety and depression, and most modern medicine treats all mental health as an illness. Uh, patients are often treated with medication, and counseling is strongly encouraged. But has modern medicine missed the mark? Now, there is great debate on this amongst conservative evangelicals. There are two camps that dig their heels in fairly deeply. There is the pro-medicine group that entirely agrees with modern medicine and sees all mental health as a disease process. Then there is the anti-medicine group that believes all mental health is a result of spiritual conditions and that medication is not warranted. 
Well, which one is right? Uh, this topic is a loaded topic for both sides. Those on the pro-medicine and anti-medicine sides have very strong opinions on this particular issue. Yet a scientific and biblical study of this issue leaves us with an uncomfortable tension that makes it difficult to remain firmly implanted on one of these two camps. Well, is medicine the only answer to cure this problem? According to the NIH, the mind is a powerful thing. 20 to 40 out of 100 persons taking a placebo, which is like a sugar pill, showed improvement of their depressive symptoms within six to eight weeks. I compare this with 40 to 60 out of 100 persons taking an antidepressant that noted improvement within four to six weeks. Although there is a definitive trend toward improvement, there's a slight overlap there as well. This definitely shows that medications are not as effective as they might be advertised. I think it is obvious that medication isn't the only answer here. Most studies do tend to show that there is an effectiveness in certain people, but it also shows that there are two other, or other factors that may play here as well. Now, let's see what God's word says about this topic. First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. We see in these two verses that anxiety and depression are common experiences of both people in ancient and modern times. This isn't a new phenomenon. People have been struggling with mental health for centuries. We also see that God cares about us as we suffer and struggle. Proverbs 34, 18 states, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He responds with grace and mercy to those who struggle with mental health conditions. He is not far off. He is near. Praise the Lord for that. Now, the most important for us, thing for us to address in regard to this particular issue, first and foremost, is to answer the following question before going any further. Uh, do I have unconfessed sin? Uh, if we look at, at Proverbs 28, 13, uh, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Uh, we will suffer if we do not repent of our sins. Now, this means turn away from them. Once we have believed in Jesus Christ for salvation, put our faith and trust in him, and repented or turned away from our sins, we stand uncondemned before Christ. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no, con no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, only after we are right with God and confessed our sins before him can we truly answer this question. There are many people who are anxious, but it is because they have a reason to be. If you are living in unrepentant sin, then you will feel the weight of this. Numbers 32.23 states, But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. You will not be free when the chains of sin constrict your heart. But if you confess your sins, we see in 1 John 1, 1.9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all, right, all unrighteousness. After being sure that you've dealt with your sin completely, uh, then we must address the particular issue of anxiety and depression. Uh, after the fall of man in the garden in Genesis 3, sin entered the world and started ravaging our bodies. Cancer, diabetes, hypertension, and other ailments began to befall mankind. It would be unwise to not understand that the sin of the world has effects on brain chemistry of falling mankind, fallen mankind as well. Uh, some of us have a shorter fuse than others. Some struggle with more addictive-like personalities. We are born into sin, and this sin has negative effects on the whole of mankind. Well, in light of this truth, we must not ignore the fact that some people may very well benefit from medications. 
This should be done with wisdom and discernment and in situations in which other treatments have been attempted as well. For the sake of clarity, I'm going to put forth uh, three pastoral recommendations uh, regarding dealing with metal, medical or mental health conditions. Um, the first one is you should first be in prayer and be sure to have confessed any unrepentant sin. Uh, be sure that you are daily in the Word of God and prayer. Be sure that you are plugged into a local church and are fellowshipping with other believers. We are made to be a community of believers, and we are called to encourage one another. See Hebrews 10.25. Number two, biblical counseling is the next step. Find a Christian counselor who is all about the Word of God. There are some modern counseling techniques that have an efficacy, but the most effective way of dealing with mental health is using the Bible. The Bible helps us to renew our mind and fix our thinking that is out of line, as Romans 12.1-2 states. The Bible also helps us learn to take captive thoughts that might lead us into darker places. See 2 Corinthians 10.5. After praying and seeking the Holy Spirit, this is number three here, if there are still struggles that persist, after fully investing much time in the first two steps, consider medication and be sure to have accountability partners to watch how it affects you. Avoid medications that are overly sedating as much as possible. Most people who fall into the cat this category of needing medications have a family history of mental health conditions. Some who have persistent issues may have them because of life situations that are difficult. Some of these situations can be remedied, remedied and some cannot. Be sure that you've discussed these situations with a biblical counselor as well. Well, I hope today's session has been encouraging for you. I, I pray that we always address every topic with wisdom and discernment. We need to stand firm on the Word of God, but we also must avoid legalism and extra-biblical biases. Uh, this presentation has been put together to strengthen the faith of believers and to challenge the unbelief of others. I pray that you have found this presentation helpful. Also, please note that this 10 to 15 minute presentation cannot exhaustively address most issues. My prayer is that it stimulates you to personally research further, and I'm assured that you will find the Word of God proven true time and time again. Feel free to email any ideas that you would like to see addressed by emailing me at crosspointwv at gmail.com. There are slides prepared for each of these presentations, which can be accessed at our church website at crosspointfamily.church and select the ATG. God bless, and have a blessed week.